Welcome to the Life Podcast, where we offer real hope to real people dealing with real life. We filter our thoughts through God's thoughts and our ways through God's ways. We pray you're blessed by this podcast. Enjoy the show. Living intentionally for eternity, people. We are here back again, episode 11 with my friend. No floating Dave today. <laughs> Just me and my boy that I'm bringing along to talk about a very critical issue that I think are affecting young men. Um, so we've still been talking about manhood and the journey from boyhood to manhood on my show. Last show, if you didn't check out, we talked about is purpose given. Or do you have to go find it? Listen to that episode, please. If you can't subscribe to the show, leave positive reviews so that we can work about the algorithm and people can hear more of this content. If you enjoy it, if you don't enjoy it. Please don't leave a negative view. Just stop listening. <laughs> but um, in the show before that, I believe we talked about manhood, defining manhood. I think that's what it was called. It's probably something different. But um, oh, what's the measure of a man? That's the last one that we did. So today we're back and we want to talk about, again, I want to focus more on the journey of boyhood to manhood. There's a lot of podcasts out there telling us to be a man, work out, do this, do that. Um, but I haven't found a lot of podcasts telling or with a young person journeying on into fatherhood, into being a husband, into being a countryman, into being a professional. And that's what I want to use this podcast for, to show a journey of progression what that looks like with the tears, the blood and the sweat. So I think one way to start that is to deal with the transition between boyhood to manhood. How do we know when a boy is becoming a man? When do we know a boy has become a man? And what benchmark should he be reaching in order to be given um, the title a man? Um, a lot of things to find what a man is. On this show, we've adopted Vody Bachman's statement that Culture look at manhood through the three the lens of the three B's, the ball field, the bedroom, and the billfold. How much women you can get, how much money you can make, how good you are on a diamond court or field. That's not how the Bible defines that, and God don't like that. Now, can those things be in a category of manhood? Of course. Competition, the ability to build wealth, Proverbs talk Proverbs talks about that. Um, the ability to be romantic, to be a lover. Songs of Solomon deals with that. So all those things in and of itself isn't bad. But the way we carry them out and the way that we view them, is it godly or idolatry? I'm not sure. So that's how that's what we've been going with over the last couple of weeks. So we're going to continue that on. And today I want to talk about um, in order to do that, what must young boys do? What must boys throw off in order to become a man? What are some things that they need to throw off, get rid of, stay clear of? In order to become a man. So that's what I want to talk about today. And the first thing that came to my mind, I'm reading this book called um, A Boy Adrift by Dr. Sachs. Really good. I think he's a psychiatrist or psychologist. 
Um, and he wrote a book called A Boy's Adrift. And it's really, really good. I've been enjoying it. Crazy. It's been amazing, very eye-opening, and very intriguing. So I've been reading this book. I'm on chapter three, and I came across something that talked about um, video games. Video games. So if it's been one barrier in my life that's promoted um, youthful lust, as the Bible says, stay away and flee youthful, youthful, youthful lust, I think it's been video games. Now, by God's grace, he's matured me in ways where it's not a stronghold in my life and I can go a week or weeks without playing a game. But at one point in my life, I could not. I would deny. I would not deny myself. I would, would get rid of other responsibilities in order to play that video game. So I'm not fully, like I said, I'm delivered more than I was before. But at this point in time, it's not as big of a stronghold. But it was when I was a young boy. And we want to kind of get down to the reason why that's the case um, nowadays and how it's become more rampant. So in order to do that, I brought my cousin along, who's a computer scientist. He has his own entertainment company and media company that wants to produce um, faithful, relevant and real content um, through media. And one of those avenues is through video games. He hopes to release his own video game, um, his own story, kind of on the line of Harry Potter and um, Chronicles of Nadia and Lords of the Rings, something that creates a whole new world, whole new characters, different languages, different belief sets. So he's looking forward to doing all of those things. Um, he currently works in IT. He's all in that field and he has a very different perspective than I actually have. So I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say and hopefully it helps you all out as well. But without further ado, I do have my cousin um, AJ Oots with me and I'm so excited to hear what he has to say. Let's give it up for AJ Oots. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? I'm alive, dude. I'm alive. Man, a few words, unless needed, to expound upon. Hey, man, with there too many words, sin is unavoidable, right? Proverbs says that. <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. Um, so, AJ, I just want to jump into it um, and then get out of the way. Um, so, what made you become interested in media and, and specifically uh, game and video games? Um, <clears throat> for me again, just media in general. Um, again, the the aspect again, I, I love stories. Stories is my thing, right? That's um, I, I always look for stories in almost everything that I do. Um, and within that, media just happens to be one of the places that accentuates the um aspect of stories um and stories is what keeps cultures and things tied together and things like that and i've always seen them in all aspects of media um but then again as you grow older um video games is just another aspect of it and just it's a very powerful um avenue mm -hmm. and how has it been influential and not only in my life but just seeing the landscape of how it's been influential within uh, other people's lives, specifically within the realm of young men and aspects of things like that. So. Good, good. So one thing that we wanted to kind of talk about on this episode is 
dealing with um, at least four to five ways that it deals out how video games we are going to come from a negative sense and hopefully we'll get some positives but four or five ways how it affects how video games affect young men so i kind of want to go with the basic 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 things that most people always go to and that's how do they, how does it affect them physically socially mentally emotionally and spiritually and uh we're going to just work through those and then i'll ask you some questions read some things that i've been reading and uh, we can go from there how's that sound Dope. Cool. Good. So what would you say? How would you what are the physical drawbacks of a young man uh, playing video games and access access? Right. So not 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 here and there, not in moderation, but he's excessive over this game. And he's also um, becoming addicted and addiction in a simple term is you lose control of yourself. You've lost control of yourself. Um. You have lost your everlasting mind, as Grandma Oosh used to say. <laughs> um, what effects physically can that bring to a young man um, if he has crossed that barrier? That barrier. Um, again, the physical aspects of it just, again, stunted growth and development from the physical realm would be again not working out become uh getting better at other avenues and being which ties into a whole lot of different things again you lack confidence when you're not in control of you in general but definitely not in control of your body which is a big thing and again it's just understanding like um just very simple aspects of um if you're not moving your body again, you're gonna it's gonna move on to things such as obesity. Um, again, that's in any uh, form of sedentary activity. If you're not doing anything, just you're just gonna waste away over time. Things atrophy. Um, I know for me, growing up playing sports, the best aspect of being athletic is the ability to control your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and move it in the way, the manner that you want to move it in. So, um, yeah, that's the that's the major aspects of drawbacks of playing video games in excess, where you're not act, not actively moving your body and things like that. Yeah. So one of the things that um, I read in the book, um, Doctor Leonard Sachs is his name, and this is called again, "The Boys Adrift." And he's talking about uh, some of the things and how evidence has kind of shown the aggression in young men and young men who play an an exorbitant amount of video games, in essence. So one thing he talked about was obesity. So he said, boys who spend lots of time playing video games are more likely to become overweight or obese compared with boys who spend less time playing video games. There seems to be at least two mechanisms operating here. First, playing video games exercises your thumbs but burns fewer calories than many other activities, such as playing actual sports. Second, and less intuitively, playing video games seems to have a direct appetite stimulant effect, worse than watching TV. That may be why time spending video games is significantly more likely to be associated with obesity and other bad outcomes compared with time spent watching 
TV. You know what I mean? Um, mm. It's an interesting story in here. I kind of want to. I want to read it to you. Um, it's a, it's the coach at TC Williams, mm-hmm. the coach at TC Williams, and this is what he says about uh, video games and physical, and how they affect actual physical sports, right? So Madden, and he's going to be kind of commenting on Madden NFL, NFL Madden, and right. how young boys think that that's actually football, or when, and they actually know football by playing, you know what I mean, by by playing a video game. Yeah. So in another book I'm reading called A Boy's Crisis, he talks about two different words for knowledge, and it's German. One is Wissenschaft, and one is Kinesthet. Wissenschaft is the facts, the knowledge, the bookwork of knowledge, right? You have to study. Mm-hmm. You have to understand things. You have to know the facts. You need to know definitions. You need to know data. You need to know standards. You need to know statistics. That's what schools are really driven to now, right? SAT, right. testing, and all that stuff. But he said mm-hmm. it has to be balanced out by this other thing called kinesthet, what I think we get the word kinesthetic from movement. But kinesthet is exper- experiential knowledge. So if you're in science and you're learning how soil or photosynthesis work, it's different than actually seeing it work over a period of time. That's why we used to have plants in science, in science class to see them grow, keep them near the sunlight. You get Now you get to experience what you've been being taught, which makes it a much more robust and rich curriculum. You know what I mean? So you need both. So in light of that, Wizenshaft and Kinestent, let's listen to what this coach says. So football coach Greg Sullivan, Mr. Welch's colleague, says that he sees fewer and fewer boys playing outside when he drives around Northern Virginia. Quote, they are, in, they are all inside playing video games, he says. More kids are finding real sports too demanding. <laughs> I've talked with other football coaches who describe with amazement teenage boys who think that because they can win a Madden NFL, they can win a Madden NFL, they therefore know something about playing real life game of football. <laughs> These guys are five minute wonders, one coach told me. They get out on the field, run around a few times, and then they're done. They have no endurance. They're in pathetic shape. And they don't want to do the work that they have to do, that they will have to do to train the way they will have to train to get in shape. Then he says, then the writer says, end quote, then the writer says, I don't think the blame can rest solely on the scrawny shoulders of these boys. They are the logical product of an educational system that conveys conveys so little understanding of the distinction between kinesthetic Kenneth and Wizenshaft, and the boys truly believe that because they know something about football, that they know how to play football. Isn't that crazy? Oh yeah, been there. So yeah, he was. It's it's just um, hmm. It's amazing. He kind of, he goes on the parallel what that looks like. He said, and what about preparing the real world? Preparing for the real world in the real world, unless you're a fighter pilot or military sniper. Being able to push a button at 0.02 seconds faster than the other guy isn't such a valuable skill. (laughs) Preparing teenagers for the demands of real life requires helping them acquire skills quite different from the ones they gain while mastering video games. Imagine a young father in his 20s, let's say, trying to comfort his crying baby daughter. Here we go. He's speaking my language. There are no buttons to push. (laughs) No photon torpedoes to fire. The right thing to do may be simply to rock the baby and hum a lullaby. The chief virtue required may not be lightning virtuosity with a game controller, but merely patience. If you need to get along with a belligerent coworker, the chief virtue you need may not be blazing speed, but patience. 
But in most video games, the best way to deal with difficult people is to vaporize them with a rocket-propelled grenades. Mm-hmm. In the real world, what you need most is not high-tech lethal weaponry, but patience. Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> I just think that was very, very interesting. I know that was long, but I thought that was very interesting, AJ. Oh, yeah. Extremely. Like, you had this football coach, like, it's the arrogance, bro. Just because you play a game, you think you really know football? Oh, it's yeah. kind of like the Mike, the famous Mike Tyson quote. Everybody think they can fight until they get what? They get punched in the face. Until <laughs> <laughs> they get punched in the face, bro. Get in the face, <laughs> like, whoa, okay, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. He, these Bama's real. That's what Kevin Hart said. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> they they that, real. That was like one of my biggest frustrations when uh, like, I love armchair uh, anal- analytics mm-hmm. from uh, people who – like like talking about sports and talk, like talking about football specifically is the one that irritates me probably the most. Mm-hmm. And then like trash talk all these professional athletes, specifically like the quarterback position. We like to get really technical and say, oh, I would have did this. And I said, have you even played the position before? Mm-hmm. Again, I grew up with it. And I said, oh, he should have made that throw. I said, yo, he said he hiked the ball. And within half a second, Dude was in his face about to try to tackle him in his face. I said, I don't care who you are, Tom Brady, you could put him out there and you give him the worst line of all time. You get put him behind the Bengals offensive line, he's not doing what Joe Burrow does. And things like that. So you're not that he's not gonna be that good. But again, the the aspect of the arrogance, because you know you can you can understand concepts of the game, but you don't know the nuances, you don't know the chemistry that goes into playing the game. You don't know what it means to be in the locker room and have camaraderie and have to look at the guy in your face and tell him, yo, dude, I need you to block right now. <laughs> aspects of it. So there's certain aspects of that and the toxicity, especially when you don't see someone face to face within the within the confines of online aspects of video games that, again, you get these these uh, behind screen Thugs. confidence. Yeah. Bravado, yeah. Yeah, man. So that's the physical nature of it. I mean, we can go on and on about that, but I want to keep it moving. Um socially. No. Let's start with that's let's, let's go with socially, right? How do how do video games affect a young boy socially? Oh man, the very big negative effects. This is probably the probably the most dangerous one. Because, again, piggybacking off of the aspect of being behind screens, typically. Um, and you have that that unfortunate reality of, I can do this, I can do it well on the screen and TV and things like that, though it doesn't translate to real-world um, applications in general. Um, specifically, like, the mainstream type of games like just something simple like oh i know how to do this i know all these guns on call of duty or something like that in real life if you take out a clip and put it back in you do not get all of the you don't take the bullets that you still had in your magazine or the gun and then add those to the new one you had and say no you have to fully deplete your last clip and stuff like that but yeah. again that, that's a part of the game that's keeps the game entertaining fast and quick 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 right you don't learn aspects of patience you don't know how to learn how to have a conversation with people that doesn't entail 
us having a common ground right now, right? Mm-hmm. When you sit at a bus stop with somebody and you're just sitting there and like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't, I don't know how to spark up a conversation or just something simple as, hey, how, how's your, how's life? How are you doing? Actually, it just happened to me walking to the grocery store today mm-hmm. say, hey, how are you doing? I had a full out conversation with a lady and we ended up praying together. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, it was threw me off. Um, but mm-hmm. you don't have those interactions because you don't know how to actually spark up a conversation. You don't know how to ask questions. Yeah. Right. Um, everything is surface level or you just don't know how to acknowledge people. And then you again stated you don't know how to deal with real life situations because hmm. when tough things do come up or things that isn't right then and there, like I, I'm like to this day, just something simple as open up my like going helping my parents with some of their technology stuff, and they have mm-hmm. like slower computers than I do, and I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, why is this taking forever? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something so simple as that. But I'm like, dude, this is like learn that aspect of your patience. Of, mm. They're like, oh, this isn't slow R- yeah. relative to what I do on a day to day basis. It is. Slow. Yep. But um, and learn how to deal with those situations again, learn how to talk to people again. How do you talk to men? Right. How do you talk to women? Hmm. And, and understanding those d- distinct differences and how you have conversations and stuff like that. It's always overlap, but at the same time, I'm not going to like just bark up in your face and about to, we about to fight if I, if you was a girl. Amen. Right? Amen. There's a distinctive difference in how we have a conversation um, and things like that. Again, we're equal, but there's differences between how we talk to people. How do you talk to people that's older than you? Yep. Right. There's a level of respect, due respect, and to say they probably know more than you. Yep. Right. Um, I think just those simple things of just real simple life interactions that we just don't have, not just only because it's, again, I know we focused on video games, but just in technology as a whole, we've taken so much back from just day to day interactions and how we communicate with each other. Yeah, I think I think everything you said was apropos. You touched on two things that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely going to talk about talking to girls. <laughs> okay. um, I definitely want to talk about that. And I, I'll just go to that right now. In the book, uh, Dr. Sachs says this. He said, Mr. Welch, right? Oh, he says, oh, I'll just start off with this. He says, mm-hmm. and what about teenage boys having a relationship with girls? Surprisingly, especially to those us. To those of us over 30, many boys today seem to prefer playing video games to being with girls. Mr. Welch, the teacher at T.C. Williams High School, whom I mentioned earlier, has heard any number of stories, many number of stories along these lines. Girls at his school have told him that at parties, they, quote, are often totally ignored as the guys gather around TV screens, entrance entranced by one video game or another, end quote. He quotes one junior, Sarah Kale who told him girls sit around watching the guys play until they get fed up and drive off looking for drive off looking for something else to do end quote for Sarah the games range from stupid and boring to disgusting she said she said we try to tell them they're wasting their time but they just keep on going some guys stay up playing until three in the morning on school nights and then they try to do their homework do boys really prefer video games over girls 
a reporter from the New York Times, spoke with students at a number of college campuses. She met many young men who seemed more interested in playing their video games than being with their girlfriends. The reporter interviewed one young woman at college who had broken off a relationship with a young man because, quote, in part of our frustration, in part out, in part out of our frustration over his playing video games for four hours a day. The young woman explained he said he was thinking of trying to cut back to 15 hours a week. I said 15 hours is what I spent on my internship and I get paid $1,300 a month. That's my that's my litmus test now. I won't date anyone who plays video games. It means they're choosing to do something that wastes their time and sucks the life out of them. Girls are saying that, bro. Oh, yeah. That's a girl. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't work up the courage to talk to a girl through a video game. And, bro, of course, we ain't we're not promoting promiscuity or anything like that. What I'm saying is at some point you need to buck up and go talk to someone. Yeah. And be around people and be social and know how to be social. Know the nuance of a conversation. Know when somebody really doesn't want to talk to you because you don't want to be that annoying guy. Get the social cues and be like, okay, she's not interested. And walk off. Respectfully, gently, walk off. And if she is interested, how to treat her like a lady. Keep boundaries and set boundaries. But you don't get that standing at the screen all day. That's real world seeing someone do that. And video games are usually going to teach you the opposite, to be aggressive with women. They're objects, right? So they're not going to teach you anything that's preferable in our social order. So that was a that was that was a big thing. I also want to read something else that was really good. This says one of the most highly regarded researchers in this field, psychology professor Craig Anderson, has pointed out that the strength of the evidence linking video games to antisocial behavior is every bit as strong as the evidence linking strong secondhand smoke to lung cancer or lead poisoning in infancy to lower IQ stores. Anderson also notes that the controversy now surrounding video games is reminiscent of the controversy surrounding cigarette smoke in the 1960s or leading pop poison in the 1970s, lead poisoning in the 1970s. After all, many smokers will never get lung cancers, and some people who get lung cancer are not smokers and have never been exposed to cigarette smoke. Likewise, he notes... Not all boys who play video games 20 hours a week will disengage from real life. And not all boys who disengage from real life are video game players. Hmm. Young people who play play violent video games change their brains, becoming desensitized to violence in ways not seen in young people who play non-video, non-violent video games. The more realistic the violence, the bigger the effects. Playing violent video games over a period of months and years appears to cause aggressive behavior and more aggressive thoughts and feelings as well as decreased empathy. That's not true for playing non-violent video games. The most serious negative effects of video games are the effects on the gamer's personality, motivation, and connectedness with the real world. These boys may be highly motivated, but their motivation has been derailed. I've seen boys who care much more about their success at Grand Theft Auto than about their grade in Spanish. They are motivated in the virtual world at the expense of motivation in the real world. The video game world is more real to them than the world of homework and sports and friends. Violent video games, in particular, tend to promote the dis- dis- disconnection precisely because of the unreality of the violence. Do you hear that, bro? Uh-huh. Playing violent video games appears to undermine self-control and to promote more moral disengagement. Other researchers have suggested that young men who play violent video games may develop a myopia for the future, narrow-minded. 
meaning that the young men prefer to continue playing video games despite the negative long-term consequences in social or work domains of life. Playing a violent video games has effects on how you feel, how you think, and how physiologically aroused you are and the greater, a greater than, and different from the effects of watching that game or violent TV. Fallout, ADD, risk-taking, obesity, and dehumanization. It's just, it just keeps going on, bro. I'm not going to share all that, but good gracious, AJ. <laughs> right? So it's almost like you need to get the good... You got to get the bad news before you get the good news. Oh, sure. I know we're not painting the most the prettiest picture, but this is real, right? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> this is a real thing. We both work with youth. Oh. I'm a teacher. You you work with youth all the time at your church. Like, we're, I see this. So I'm not... This is not theory to me. Like, bro, this is not theory to me. I talk to young ladies who's dating in my school and they just ask, why, why do you break up with them? He just, the answer is always the same. He just, just doesn't care about nothing. Yeah, he'll text me late at night, ask for things, but I'm up doing homework and he playing video games till two o'clock in the morning. And he's okay with it. And he doesn't have any aspirations. Like seniors about to go to college and they just, they ask their boyfriend what they doing. I'm just not going to go back to school. I could play video games all day. And they confident with it. Like they think that's okay. Right. Like that's a, that's a real thing. Like I literally had somebody had a, I had a conversation like two weeks ago. They're just boys. But again, here we go. Here we go. Eh? What's up? It's not DNA that changed them, but society did. Society, mm-hmm. society prolongs immaturity in boys, not in girls though, but in boys. Keep them boys as long as we can so we can control them. Oh, yeah. Make men weak, we control the future. It's all pointed at something, bro. Like we don't fresh, we don't fight against flesh and blood. Like all this stuff is calculated, sir. And if it's one thing that's stunted my growth as a young man, is that one one big thing is video games. Not the biggest thing, but that's one big thing. Right. So we just touched on what we do physically, socially. Socially. Um do you want to do let's do mentally mentally what you think um it ties i think it's the core of the the um the other two um specific because again as the mind goes so does everything else afterwards right and i think the biggest thing the mentality aspect of it and i and i see the pull of a lot of these games because it's like it gives you an objective a goal and then again it hits the dopamine effect right I can finish a lot of these different things within it gives you that instant gratification aspect things mm-hmm. um, whereas again the unfortunate reality as we brought up society and again the disinterest of school comes from the standpoint of you're again you it's moving like school moves in the aspect it doesn't cater towards as you say the kinesthetic aspect of thinking right it's not as much hands-on um especially within the public school um realm which we both come are we've come from and things like that it's like it doesn't because again from a psychological and psychiatric standpoint men on a on a broad scale are much more disagreeable than women. But when you don't 
have a lot when you don't allow disagreements to actually happen in a healthy environment like to actually have discussions when again we go about the school aspects of stuff like colleges and high schools but definitely colleges where they were bastions of actual thought that you can actually battle out ideas without feeling like I, I was going to get canceled or I was going to get or you're just going to disregard it then how do I grow right you penalize me for being curious and you demonize certain aspects of who I am so I'm going to go to places where I'm not demonized I'm going to go to the place where okay I can be me. I can go out and attack the things I really want to. I'm curious about because it seems like no one else cares <laughs> to an extent. Um, Cause like, just like I'm 29 years old. And I'm like, dude, sitting at a desk all, all day and doing work and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, I'm losing my mind. And I actually like what I do. <laughs> right. Um, be it both from, software or FCA standpoint um, but at the same time I like I know I said okay I need to go out I need to go do go for a walk or something like that but I know that about myself because I learned those things right and and again mentality comes back to again parenting um, again we talk about it often off off the screen off camera or off of off the mics of like again the core the core cog of any society is always a family unit, right? Again, the United States is built up off of states. Mm-hmm. States are built up off of counties. Counties are built up off of cities. Cities are built up off of communities. Communities are built up off of streets, and streets are built up of families and things like that. Then you get to the individual. But that that where you find your identity and where do you feel part of something? That's where that aspect comes from. And for most, for majority of men that, and guys, males that I go, I meet, when you lack purpose, what's the point of doing anything else? I mean, it's a lot that I can say about that, brother. But I think one of the main things is you said you said something about parenting, you said something about purpose and just mental um I want to say mental fortification. What what builds resilience in a young man? Uh, a couple of things. Failure. Letting people down. Um, pain. Pain. Physical, mental, emotional pain. Um, having a girlfriend that you really love break up with you. So the scary thing about mentally what video games doing is it decreases risk taking because you can always press restart. Yeah. Or you can just quit. Right. You can just quit. Go take a nap or something. You know, you get mad. Go take a nap. If you don't throw the freaking controller through the TV, you're going (laughs) to go take a nap. But that's not real life. You're going to have to really, really battle through hard times. And you can't, like you said, it was, I mean, he's been crashed, but you can't just go, I mean, I guess you could go get a grenade and blow people up, but that wouldn't be smart. Like it's real life consequences behind that. So like mental fortification is only bred through, like I said, failure, pain, um, let down, uh, learning, right? Like 
the the stupid man is not the man who doesn't ask. The stupid man is the one who knows he doesn't know and doesn't ask. <laughs> That's stupid. That's dumb. To not know something isn't dumb. You may be ignorant, but that's not dumb. The dumb person is a person that don't ask. And AJ, I don't know a lot of stuff, sir. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But how many questions? How often do I ask questions, AJ? A lot. A lot. A lot. I ask a lot of questions because I don't know. The wise man knows that he does not know. Curious, right? Very childlike in that matter because I don't. People who are smarter than me that know things. But the one thing I see with video games is that it, it not just video games again, but that's what we're talking about is it doesn't build mental fortification. Now, if you are doing a um, rescue mission or Call of Duty with like a 15 man squad, that might help. You know, what I mean, that might be like you strategizing. It's not real, but you strategizing. And it may tap into some brain power. I'm not saying that video games don't teach you anything you can be taught by anything what i'm saying is in the real world or the, in the transferable world is it impacting right so i'll tell you a story when i was in college i had to take a math class you know this story i had to take a math class and this math class took me it was a it took me from pre-algebra all the way to calculus in one year and that was the only math math class i can take to graduate that year i cried a lot i was 24 years old bro crying tears because I kept failing. I kept failing. But you know what, AJ? I couldn't just press restart. I couldn't retake the test. I couldn't do none of that stuff. If I failed, I failed and it brought down my grade. And I needed this class to graduate. So what did I do? It made me study. It made me get serious. It made me say no to stuff. It made me sit for five hours doing three problems. But guess what? When I came out, I came out confident. I came out like, I can do this. God fortified me mentally. I can get through it. And it got easier the more I went through it. But the standard was high. The the teacher didn't say, oh, I'm sorry. I opened up the test. No, you failed. Okay. Study the next time. We coddle kids, bro. And video games keeps kids right there because you can just restart the mission. It's not life. And I know I may sound super old, but it's simple to me. That's not life, bro. When I play mad and I throw picks, I can just start it over. It's not real life. My friend Jason Brown tells me all the time, his last throw as a high school quarterback. Picked off. Picked off. He said, so when you go back to Texas, they all they talk about, Brown, yeah, you was good, but you remember that last pass? <laughs> to feel, to know that you did something and let someone down, people depending on you and you let them down. And you failed them, bro. It hurts. But people respect somebody with the mental fortification to say, that's on me and takes accountability. People respect that. That's honorable. Abraham Lincoln, you might know his story. He failed a lot before he became a president. Think if he was, okay, if he was in this generation, we probably wouldn't have an Abraham Lincoln. He'll just get something to get instant gratification. Losing loved ones, losing love of his life, losing kids, losing ballot after ballot and election after election before he became a president but he had mental fortification and that's what happened in real life through failure through pain through inadequacy you can master a game you can't master life bro always learning what we say AJ after we played 2k for three months man, I broke the game I, it's nothing they can do or add to this game that's gonna make me lose <laughs> because I mastered the game and that here we go the will to power have you ever heard of that the will to power when you 
Uh, we've talked about it recently. So yeah, we talked about it recently. So this German philosopher, um, his name was uh, Nietzsche. Mm. Nietzsche. Um, so when I bring up this this phrase, the will to power, this is what it means in simple form. So the will to power, the simplest way to express what Nietzsche, Nietzsche mean um, Nietzsche means by the will to power is that individuals want to be in charge of their environment. That's in simplest form. He's pretty much saying that people want to be in charge in their environment. And I can't think of anything else. I can think of one thing else, but we ain't talking about that. That gives boys an opportunity to be whoever they want to be. Create the environment that they want to create. When you think about Fortnite, you're literally building an environment for you to dominate and to protect. Mm -hmm. Roblox, same thing. Call of Duty. All those things building something to protect it. You can you can manage your own environment. You can choose your world. It's your destiny. PS4, greatness awaits. It's your destiny. Who are they to tell you who you are? All these things, right? It's calculated, but it rises from that will to power. I want to be the master of my faith, the captain of my ship. And nothing like video games gives it's unprecedented how it gives young boys this impression that they are somebody. Because they can hit a button really, really fast. You go on YouTube and these dudes just like screaming in the mic and making their screen shake. But they playing a video game, bro. Oh, yeah. That's not contributing anything positive to society, your family, or those you have influence on. Because you can play a video game. But hey, I yeah. feel like somebody. People comment on my videos. I'm getting thousands or millions of people subscribed to my videos. And I think I'm doing something. No, you're not. It's unprecedented, bro. And it does affect people mentally, right? It does have a serious effect on uh, young children. And then you said something about parents. Mm -hmm. You said about parents. And I think this is really good, right? Dr. Sachs says, many parents who limit their son's use of PlayStation may not realize that they are spending hours in their bedroom playing games on mobile devices or tablets. So it's not just a game. Every screen that your son or daughter has is your responsibility as the parent. You must govern your child's use of device until your child is 18 years of age. If you incalculate good habits in childhood and at, during childhood and adolescence, those habits are more likely to be maintained after 18 years of age. Conversely, in the book, The Collapse of Parenting, I describe how easily unsupervised use of Internet-enabled devices, such as mobile phones and iPads, facilitates the culture of, facilitates the culture of disrespect, as well as allowing kids to waste enormous amount of time playing video games and surfing the web. I won't repeat that argument here, except to emphasize that you must be aware of everything your son or daughter is doing with every device he or she is uses all of the time. If you're going to give your child an Internet enabled device, then you have you have a responsibility to know your child is doing with that device. Know what your child is doing with that device. Explain to your child that you will know you will know how they're using their device. Explain clearly what you expect. No pornography, no cyberbullying, no spending hours on video games. Don't do what the neighbors do. It's possible that most of your son's friends have such devices. That doesn't mean your son needs one as well. As I explained in the collapse of parenting, being a good parent in the United States today means doing things differently from your neighbors. Come on, somebody. Uh, that's real. And I guess... Yeah, and piggyback off of parents and and um, my only caveat to one of the initial ones is 
when it does come to games like i'm again we we know i, I play games from time to time i'm not a excessive video game player i play single player games a lot um games that are built around stories and again it's almost like from that standpoint of reading a book or interacting with a story from from that aspect of it and i find those to be much more healthier because they do have an endpoint. there's that and you can learn some really unique things almost as if you was doing a book and but again it goes back to that aspect of when it comes to parenting of hey like if it wasn't for again i have a dad who was just like yo dude nah you're not you're now playing the game for this amount of time Mm-mm, that's just not happening mm-hmm. right but also within that context i think the beauty of growing up at a time frame when we did around that again 92 93 time frame was when the advent when games really started to come out mm-hmm. um but when it really started taking off not necessarily come out um but it was also it was much more communal based right mm-hmm. We played it a lot with our cousins. Um, everything was within the same context of room. So people you actually was playing against, you can, mm-hmm. they, they, it got intense. Yeah. For sure. It's, yeah. it's almost like playing a sport and stuff like that. But yep. we also would go outside and play sports at the yep. exact same time. Um, but I was just encouraged. All, all of those different things were supervised and encouraged within our families um, and things like that. But now with the advent of aspects of the internet, as explained of you have to be careful with the devices that they use and I think the unfortunate reality is we run into this it's almost like would I give a child would I give a three year old child a knife to start right that would just be stupid parenting mm-hmm. however I'm, gonna give, I'm giving a child a device where the device is built again coming from software like I had to take a class called the uh it was it was an ethics class yeah um for like and it's the is all comes off the basis of because you said just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it mm-hmm. right everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial mm-hmm. right when you understand like okay you're building devices and you building applications and things for people to stay on it you are using psychology to get to the point of, I want you to stay on this app for a long time. I want you to continue to play this game multiple times and start buying all these cosmetic uh, changes that don't impact the game and things like that Mm -hmm. in order to fill the pockets of the people who actually are developing these games, Mm -hmm. right? Within my field, the people who, those of us who do use software and stuff like that, we're like, yo, they don't allow their kids to touch yeah. social media or play games for long periods of time and stuff like that because they know the because again it was a couple years ago where they had something called loot boxes and things like that which created a gambling type issue and had a whole lot of kids addicted to gambling uh, uh, had gambling type tendencies and it's just that unfortunate reality of like your parents pay attention to the point of like be be present and actually don't try to be someone's friend um and again they'll respect you so much more like my parents were my friends <laughs> in high school and middle mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. elementary they was there to hold up the rules and standards of the house 
and to the man, I'm so thankful for what they did. Mm-hmm. And to this day, they're the closest people to me. And mm-hmm. I call them friends. Man. Mm-hmm. Right. There's still a level of authority and friend uh, authority and they're my parents. So they get a certain level of respect yeah. that they're due and things like that. But I'm also but we've matured as as individuals on multiple aspects of I'm a grown adult now and they don't overstep and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's a that's a matured relationship yeah right and and unfortunately most most males stay boys because they never learn they have never been taught to mature right and which goes back to unfortunately the epidemic i don't want to tell you (laughs) the epidemic of fatherlessness which is a whole nother conversation in and of itself that would can take 20 years yeah. to try to unpack on. Yeah, I think you hit a lot of a lot of good points. Um in the in the book he was talking about how one father was very indifferent towards video games and he just thought it was a waste of time but then his his daughter was getting a little bit more invested in it. He said, "Okay, so I, we went out and got a Wii." And he said, "You know, it got so addicting and so fun for them that after dinner every night they would play bowling or tennis and they that's how they bonded." And I thought that was a beautiful story. Yeah. Because if you, I remember you was talking about this kind of off key, but you was talking about your father letting you watch The Godfather, but you didn't watch it by yourself. No. You watched it with him. He was ex- explaining the world to you. Yes, this is evil, but I want you to see the nuance of this, how evil is organized and how people can be evil, but still have virtues and morality, even though they're evil and they're selling stuff, but they still value family, like teaching you the dichotomy and the paradox of living in this world. And I thought that was really good. And also the fact that, you know, your parents made you earn time on a video game. Like you had to buy time um, based on what you was doing in the house. Were you taking care of your chores? Were you doing your homework? And were you being respectful? Those are the things you had to earn it. You just it wasn't just given to you for no reason. Like we don't have to don't have to work for anything. Like, bro, when my kids get their first video, game, I mean, they'll have it because I have one, but they're going to have to buy it. I had to buy my first cell phone. I didn't have no cell phone. It took, because when my mother did buy me a cell phone, I ran up the bill to like $300 buying ringtones and games because I was not ready for it. <laughs> and she did what was right. She took that joint. <laughs> so <laughs> she, she did what was right because you can't expect, and AJ, all seriousness, bro. Like, I'm not even being funny. You may get mad or you may get offended, but bro, logic doesn't work on little boys. It just does not work, bruh. <laughs> logic is not for... They don't understand that. <laughs> they don't well, understand. When you say how much... Do you know how much time spending this video game is hurting you? They're going to look at you like, no. <laughs> That's why I do it. Right? So to that point... And like I said, everybody may not agree with that. But I, 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 I've been teaching I, for I'm, almost five I'm, years. No, I'm, I'm laughing from this standpoint. Because, <laughs> again, I'm like... Logic doesn't work on them, but I would say the same thing doesn't. I said the same thing on the female side of things. However, boys are much more like from the standpoint of, oh, I'm still going to disrespect. I'm still yeah. going to do what I'm going to do. Right. It's not, mm-hmm. they know the logic aspect of it. They just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I think and that's again, the. Like, we're, we don't, until we see physical punishment more so, it's not going to, like, you just telling us not to do something. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's, it's like it must be done. And uh, one parent told me boys respond to two things pleasure and pain. Yeah. <laughs> pleasure and pain. Where I'm like, no, like, 
you know how easy it is to get a, a basketball team to stop do, me of any type of sports team to get irritated with one person make them run, run. you like oh, run yep. cannot stand running yeah um the other day i'm having a problem i'm an issue in my school with my one of my class seventh grade class like 21 kids and i think 16 of them are boys and they just running rampant man so the other day i was really upset with them and you know what i made them do because they didn't know how to come in a classroom and be quiet prepare themselves for class it's mm-hmm. a 50 minute block for 50 minutes they got up out of their seat stood in line went back in the room sat in their seat got back out of their seat stood in line we did that the whole class sir they were people were crying and they were upset because you don't get it pain so when I come in class now, what do you think it is, AJ? Quiet. They, oh yeah, they, <laughs> the point got through. <laughs> point got through, right? Um, here's here here's is why I say logic is not always sometimes the best. And just setting boundaries and parameters, explaining them to their kids, to your kids is important. But I don't think logic is always the best thing with young boys. Um, so the author says this: Don't wait for your son to show insight into his situation. I've seen many parents who expect their 11 or 15 or 24 year old son to act logically on the basis of the evidence. The parents will say, quote, look how much time video games are taken out of your life. See how your friendships have withered since you started spending 20 hours a week in front of a screen. See how tired you are all the time, except when you are playing a game. End quote. Parents consider these points compelling. <laughs> they expect their son to have insight and to act based on the evidence. Don't wait. You may be waiting months, years. If your son is one of the million boys or young men who have allowed video games to displace real life, you must intervene. You must intervene. I'm sorry, I lost my quote. I'm so sorry. Um, Remove the device if necessary. Limit screen time. If you don't, who will? That is a perfect answer, AJ. AJ. Mm-hmm. That is a perfect answer, sir. And again, it goes back to the simple mindset of, and, and again, people say, "Oh, you shouldn't be like that." I'm like, "All right, I don't care." But uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, again, you live in my house. These are the rules. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. From that standpoint, yep. like, yep. I, I love the fact that our parents. Like we we had a chance to if we didn't like a rule we could have went to our parents and said all right um, I don't like this rule and we could have had a whole conversation does not mean that rule was changing <laughs> but <laughs> we could talk about it all right talk about it I understand I understand your frustrations cool. yep but uh, according to this this it ain't it is not changing <laughs> certain things just wasn't you just like yeah. you just you just know that. Like to this day, there are certain things that I do in my own house that my parents still don't allow in their house. When I go mm-hmm. back, when I go to their home and things like that, guess what happens? I go back to under their authority because mm-hmm. that's their home. And I'm like, yo, I'm not going to overstep those bounds and stuff like that. And again, it was like, I think one of the things was, all right, so this is this is a fun one. Mm-hmm. Remember, we went to um, 2019 for Thanksgiving with the Hilton Head, right? Yeah. And um, I knew that week again. For anyone who knows, I, I'm all, I've always been a big Pokemon fan. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia just works really well. The week prior to the Pokemon game came out, hmm. the newest one came out during that time. Right? Yeah, 
but I knew for, for the next week and the week after for a whole week for that Thanksgiving weekend, I was going to be with family. Yep. So I said, all right, I'm going to block out this Saturday where I'm just going to, I said, okay, I'm going to buy a pizza. I'm going to play this game, finish it. And I'm good. And I'm just going to spend all my time with my family for the rest. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even bring my video game. Mm-hmm. Now I planned out to do quote unquote, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. For that block of time. Cause I knew I was preparing for something I was, I wanted to get done. I wanted yeah. to spend time with the people that I do love and want to give them my full presence. Yeah. But that's a learned skill of years of, okay, I know I have these different things, but I do want to do this and I don't want to have to think about it when I get to spend time with my family. Yeah. So, and that's just learning how to deal with those different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's the, that's one of the main points of just like those parameters, uh, those, the things that your parents did when you were 12 is paying off when you're almost 30. Mm-hmm. Teaching you the value of no, right? Be present. You don't need gadgets. We here talking. Even we not talking, just enjoy our presence. Mm-hmm. The older I get, I'm like, man, I talk to my parents every day because they getting older. And I always going to be here. Mm-hmm. Again, man, God, family, and people are important. And video games kind of make you not think about that. Right? Yeah. It, it can it can it can I'm talking about addict I'm talking about addiction, AJ. Like a lot of these guys are facing addiction. I'm not saying just a regular look, bro. I play video games, right? Madden 2K. I don't play much out of that. But it's yeah, a good go. stress relief reliever for me. I enjoy it and I love playing against I love when other people come over. It's just it's just something that and it's habit. I've always I've been playing it since I can remember. So sometimes it's just like the comfort level today. I didn't gave my Xbox away millions of times and I always get it back because <laughs> it's just something comfortable and the comfort that no one is there, right? If I want it, it's there if I want it. So um, I think that that's, that's always been, so I'm not bashing video games. What I am saying is just like these joints, these joints socially, um, emotionally, physically, and we about to get to spiritually and we'll be out. Um, they, they, it matters. And it's affecting. I'm trying to get to this one um, quote that's really important from this governor. But uh, I, I just think I just think it's 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 crazy how how we don't think about the ramifications. And like you said, bro, it does go back down to the parents. Mm-hmm. It, it it does go back to the parents, right? So you remember we used to have um, I don't know if it's still rating A for everyone. T for teen, yeah. M for mature. Like now in California, like you don't. We used to have to. If you want to go get Grand Theft Auto, your parent had to be with you. They had to show their license, oh, say they're your parent, or for you to get it. And in California, that's not the case anymore. Hmm. Listen to this, man. And this I is what I'm saying. Like, does the government ever have to step in? Is they only overreach, or is it just primarily parents? Now I know you and I know we're gonna say it's the parents' responsibility. They pay a role in it as well, because young kids not gonna always do the right thing. Right. So um, I thought that was a a big thing. But listen to this. Legislators in California heard about a research done by Mr. Anderson. They were especially concerned by studies showing that playing the most violent video games can change personality in children and teenagers, causing kids to become less caring and more hostile. They thought there ought to be a law. So they wrote a law, making it a civil offense punishable by a fine up to a thousand dollars for stores to sell the most violent video games directly to children under 18. Parents could still purchase violence video games and give them to their children to play if they chose, 
but the law would prohibit a kid from walking into a store and buying the most violent games without his parents' knowledge. Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger signed the state statute in in the law into a law in 2010. That's a good thing, right? Eh? Sounds really good, right? Yeah. Beautiful thing. Like, oh, this. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, no, 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 no. We know what the world we live in. Here we go. But it never took effect. The video game industry, supported by the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, promptly brought suit. The industry and the ACLU claimed that the California law violated the video games company's First Amendment right of free speech. The case went to the United States Supreme Court. In a decision written by Justice Anton Scalali, the court ruled in favor of the video game industry, rendering the California statute null and void. In a concurrent opinion, Justice Alito expressed his concern about concerns about violent video games. Listen to this. He agreed with the California state legislators that the experience of playing video games and the effects on minors of playing violent video games may be very different from anything that we have seen before. He expressed his horror at video games in which victims by the dozens are killed with every imaginable implement, including machine guns, shotguns, clubs, hammers, axes, swords, and chainsaws. Victims are dismembered, decapitated, disemboweled, set on fire, and chopped into little pieces. They cry out in agony and beg for mercy. Blood gushes, splatters, and pools. Severed body parts and gobs of human remains are graphically shown. In some games, points are awarded based not only on the number of victims killed, but on the killing technique employed. But the justice understood the concerns of the legislators and the parents who had campaigned for the bill. But he joined with the justice in ruling that the job of deciding what games children will play is not the job of the California State Assembly. It's the job of the parent. There's no law prohibiting any child from buying any video game, no matter how violent or vicious the game may encourage the pre-player to be. There cannot be such a law not in the United States as a result of the Supreme Court ruling. Yep. Back to the home. Hey, man. They can set laws, but you don't got to do it. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. So like, that should just be... Okay, why, they had to make a law, right? They concerned. Because socially... Now, we were still talking about mentally. We already talked about socially. Both of those things are intertwined. So, these justices, these Supreme Court people who make the laws and uphold the law, where they uphold the law, are saying, yeah, it's bad, but leave it up to the parents. We're not going to make a law. I ain't really even mad about all that. That's okay. Like, okay. I'm not saying it's right. They should uphold righteousness. But okay. Because people will find a way to get that game, AJ. Oh, yeah. But the They're parents in the home should be... Yeah. The parents in the home should be dealing with that, correct? Oh, yeah. Because, again, for me, it goes back to how dad used to um, say it really well with um, when it came to when people got so mad when they took prayer out of schools. And then my, and my dad's... dad's always comment afterwards or rebuttal was but did they take prayer out of your home mm-hmm. and that's the unfortunate reality sometimes we get so caught up in the the how everything is under society that we don't even take we don't even look in the mirror and look at our, our responsibilities first and foremost right because if you change the heart of the people that's in, in the home and that starts to spread between home and home and home which is a unfortunate re- that's a a dig at the church in and of itself in america that's another question a whole another conversation as a whole and 
then when you run into those different things and you're you're missing out on the responsibilities of what God has placed in your influence and under your care. Mm-hmm. So. Amen. And it's just like this constant thing where parents need to be uh, realistic. Sinbad did a joke one time. I was watching one of his uh, comedy specials. It's like sketch comedies. He was asking kids in the in the crowd. He was like, you know, kids just parents are so unrealistic. Kids be talking about what they want to do, and they be like, boy, you know, you stupid. You can't do it. It's not funny. But you know, it's a comedy thing. He's been facetious, but you just like kids. Parents need to be real with their kids. Like you talk about, you want to be a mathematician. You don't know what one plus one is. <laughs> <laughs> he said. So he started asking kids in the crowd. He's like, "What you want to do?" I think one of the kids said, "Like <laughs> electro engineer." He said, "Yep, get up on that dream. Just give up now. You set it too high. You set the bar too high." <laughs> he said, "Mom, tell him now." <laughs> That's real. It was so funny. I mean, I've been facetious, but that joke was so funny. But I think it's a reality, right? So, uh, one quote from the book, he said, and it's uh, for years, Sony Lee, Sony Lee advertising line for his PS4 video game console was greatness awaits. The official Sony commercial offered some insight. The actor, a young man looking directly into the camera as a special effects to explode around him, says, Who are you to be ordinary? Who are you to be anonymous? You, whose name should be spoken in reverent tones or in terrified whispers. In the real world, maybe you're just an ordinary, anonymous kid who's not doing very well in school. Not to worry, in the world of the video game, you can be great. The real world of homework and textbook can't compete. Not, at least, for the boy who is motivated by the will to power. We, we che- we, we're teaching children that fantasy is real. Fantasy is where it's virtual. Fantasy is where it is. Mm-hmm. And parents will never say it their mouth, but with their actions, they say it. You be whoever you want. You be whoever you want, but that's not true, AJ. Everybody's not going to make a million dollars, bro. No. Everybody's not going to be rich. Jesus said the rich and poor, the poor will always be among you. That's not everybody's lot in life. And that is a very American idea to tell people they can be whatever they want. Tell the person in Indonesia that. Tell the people in Nicaragua that. Tell the people in those uh, in Haiti they can be whatever. That would be disrespectful, bro. Mm. In their situation, you're just going to go over there and motivate them saying that you can be whatever you want? Oh, bro, that's not true. Some of those people going to live in Haiti the rest of their life and have a fulfilling life. When I went to Swaziland, my eyes was wide open. Those kids were made more happy than I were. I was with all the stuff I have. They're grateful. They know, what, they know what gratefulness looks like. Grateful. Gratefulness trumps happiness all the time. And, and I just had a conversation um, speaking... With some, uh, again, had the privilege of speaking to students, and one of the things I, I, I made it a point to say was, unfortunately, within America, we tend to conflate the American dream with the gospel, mm-hmm. and that's not right. Mm-hmm. That is a false reality of what the gospel is. Because again, unfortunately, we come with the mindset of, okay, if I follow Christ and things like that, I'm going to get this. I'm going to yeah. get these different things. We look for the blessing. I say, no, the most important aspect of the gospel is we get God. Yeah, that's what it is. God that's, himself. That's the greatest gift you can have. Hmm. And thank God for the blessings if he does give you other things. But if you get God, that's it. That's the that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, uh, Spiritually, let's move to spiritually. This last thing. 
Um, I just got some scriptures and you comment on them if you want. But these are some things that I think will help. Oh, before I do that, before I do that, I did. Let me let me get some tools from the book that uh, the author says parents should think about, especially fathers should be thinking about when their children are playing a video game and how they should be active. So one thing he says is these are the questions you should ask yourself as you watch your kid play this game. One question is, does the game involve some characters trying to harm others? Does this this game happen frequently? Does this happen frequently more than once or twice in 30 minutes? Is the harm rewarded in any way? Is the harm portrayed as humorous? Are nonviolent solutions absent or less fun than the violent ones? Are realistic consequences of violence absent? from the game those are some questions you should be asking when your kid is dealing with dealing with video games factors there's some factors to think about there are some guidelines for the appropriate use of video games think about the content you should know what's on there is if if it's rated m it's rated t or even e know what's in that game is it drugs is it pornography is it naked women is it coarse jokes is it coarse language is it any suggestive thing? Is it things that they're trying to teach you that you wouldn't teach your son? Know the content, time. No more than 40 minutes a night on school nights and no more than an hour on other days. Limit your child time on that. It'll help in the long run. It'll teach them that everything's moderation. Everything needs to be balanced. Active Activities displays. If your kids are in sports, your kids are doing other things, serving in the church, make sure that's priority. Video games should have last priority. It should not take the place of school, Family, work, church. It should be last on the total poem. Does that help, AJ? I think that's pretty practical, right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, so last but not least, spiritually, man. Spiritually, here's some things I just was kind of thinking about. Some words that I will share with young people uh, or with parents or young people who are struggling. Uh, first one is Philippians 4.8. I know you know this. Um, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Mm-hmm. Set your minds on the things above, man. Right? Like set your things on set, set your minds on things that's important, that's eternal and timely. Video games doesn't always produce that. Keep it in just keep it in proper con- context. That's all. Have balance. Watch. Know that whatever you watch, whatever you listen to, is a sermon and it's teaching you something. And if parent, if if a young man can't control it, then parents need to step in and do that, right? Um, also, Proverbs eighteen one. This is becoming a life verse for me because um. Video games and isolation is closely tied. Would you agree? Yeah. With the advent of cell phones, yeah. video games, and screens, you get an enormous amount of privacy that young people usually abuse. You agree? Oh, yeah. Definitely now, for sure. Proverbs 18.1 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. He breaks out against all sound judgment judgment right Romans 1 uh, 2 Romans 12 uh, 2 through 3 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I know a lot of stuff I'm talking about is dealing with the mind. You know what I mean? Dealing with the mind and dealing, but but if you the mind or heart, same word, that's the control center of your life. That's why God says, guard your heart. Always. For the springs of life come out of that. Guard your heart. Make sure you guard in your heart. Um, and I thought that was a good one. I think lastly, do you have what you have any thoughts on those, eh? Oh yeah. Um, for me, it goes back to my favorite, I mean, the the chapter a lot of people like to go to during Valentine's Day. Love um, like yeah, love chapter, first Corinthians thirteen and verse eleven was is again yeah, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. Um, and again, it's just that's just a reflection sometimes of again the 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 maturation aspect of growing, growing up and learn how to grow up, um, and people teaching you, guiding you how to grow up first and foremost from parents, and then those in, in your life who propel you to become better. Um, and again, and, and again, it's, it's understanding how to deal with. Christ says you need to have a childlike faith, but you also need to put away childish things. It's a very unique conundrum that you have to grow in and understand. And again, understanding your dependence, that childlike faith is having that dependence on God, but also maturing in your faith to grow in likeness to Christ um, Mm. by putting away those childish things in certain aspects of learn how to prioritize is putting away childish things Mm -hmm. um, and knowing what's healthy and understanding how to take up hold of your responsibilities, things like that. Amen. Amen. Uh, another thing that was really good is First Timothy four. Um, start at verse four. And this is a good caveat and something that we need to remember. I think it's really good. Um, God says, "For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> For it is made holy by the word of God in prayer." If you put these things before the brothers, you'll be a good servant, being trained in the words of faith and the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is in every way, is in value of every way. It holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Right. So I think that was another that was another really good one Um, because we just we just putting our minds on things that's eternal. Right. Living intentionally for eternity. Uh, It it can help be a good guardrail for us when we find ourselves slipping because Christians can slip in that. Um, Right. Convenience, the comfort, uh, all those things. Those are two of my dangerous seeds And and video games can lend itself to that. But when you have an eternal perspective, knowing that my life is not my own and I've been bought with a high price. Will Jesus really be spending his time playing video games all day? I highly doubt it. Will Paul really be spending his time playing video games? I highly doubt it. Again, people may waver. Some pastors say it's okay. Some pastors say throw it. Like Paul Washer would say, throw your Xbox out the window and smash it. <laughs> John MacArthur hates video games too. So those kind of older guys and elders in the gospel, they would say throw it away. It's just a waste of time. I don't lean that way, but I also know it can be a great, great waste of time 
and that most people cannot and we don't do things in moderation. And that just learning the 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 inordinate amount of time young men are spending on it as I'm learning actually not just through books, I'm like, yeah, that's a problem. That's addiction, bro. You've lost control. For sure. When your whole weekend is around that. And obviously what Proverbs says, I think Proverbs 423, guard your heart for from that flows the springs of your water, springs of your life. Those are things that I have spiritually. And uh, for young Christian men who struggle with it, I would say, you know, grow up. You know, flee youthful lust. That's a very youthful thing. And lust isn't always sex. The lust of the flesh, right, is not always sex. Sometimes it's just those other things. Those things that may not even be sinful, but it's just not godly. It's not something that's pushing you towards the kingdom, right? You're not advancing the kingdom by playing video games all day or by sleeping all day for that matter. So those are things that I would say, man, spiritually, how video games impact. And I just wanted to bring that full circle so that we could bring the gospel in and that Jesus died for you more for you to be not for you to be playing video games all day. He has a mission. He has a purpose. And it's the great commission is to bring glory to God. Right. Get out there, live in the real world, cry for the real world, be helpless and hopeless for the real world. So you can trust in the God of hope. See that it's real danger out there. It's real darkness. It's real wars out there. Seen and unseen dangers all around us that there is an enemy to fight, that we have this flesh, the devil and the world to subdue by the power of God. That's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for making a family and being responsible to that family, being a leader with all the frustrations. But Uncle Lonzo say the mantle of leadership is what? Frustration. The mantle of leadership is frustration. Learn to bear with your wife. Learn to hang in there with your children. Learn to be at church and be hurt. Learn to bear through difficult co-workers and difficult bosses. Learn to deal with. You don't have no money in the bank and you're flat, you got a flat tire or you need an oil change. Like you have to learn. That's the stuff that builds up men. That's the stuff that builds up men. And then when you have time and God gives you some <laughs> respite from that, then you pick up the controller and enjoy it. Enjoy that grace. Enjoy that blessing. Right? That's when it's all the more beautiful. But you we know, you know, we prone to abuse, right? We worship the create creation over the creator. But God can teach God can teach us that balance. And Jesus Christ shows us He's our example, right? He's our high priest. What does he do? He intercedes for on our, on our behalf. Let us act like him. AJ, I appreciate you, my brother. This has been good. Um, love you so much, man. You was very insightful. And I thought this was very healthy, bro. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate it. Uh you have me on here. It's been dope. No, I love you, man. Love you too, my dude. Appreciate you, bro. Um, that is our show for today. Please, again, if you can, do me a favor. If you enjoyed this content in the show, please like it, subscribe. And on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave a review, a, a positive review, because it really helps me and encourages me to keep going. I appreciate you all so much. This is Des Oots, and I'm your host of the Living Intensity for Eternity podcast. Love you much, and I pray that you have a great night and day. Peace.